to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to the Big Red Couch, episode 102. I'm Craig, and on the other side of the world, currently being burned by the remorseless energies of the Daystar... It's been... Eh. What do you do? Shelter indoors, pray for the oncoming winter. Indeed. Live basically only immediately in front of fans. Sue 102. What's our amazing, interesting idea? This comes to us from the fertile brain of Thunderstep and is The Day the Squid Said Hello. Hmm. So, what, we got like I shit together and we got like two days warning on this after the tumultuous Christmas season and recent recording of episode 100. So I'm feeling about as unprepared as I think we have been in some time. (laughs) I had some problems with this one, but they were largely Mm self-inflicted and inflicted by past Craig because that guy is a dick. I can corroborate that. That seems fair. Um, Because a lot of the ideas basically kept coming back to stuff that past Craig had written about or gaming stuff that past Craig was involved in. And thus it felt a bit like cheating to actually use them. So thanks a bunch, past Craig. Uh, That's not... That's not... No, 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 that is not how it works. You can't plagiarise... Well, self-plagiarism is a thing. But if you develop and work on, you know, motifs and themes, that's, you know, a sign of real genius and, and, like, master craftsmanship. Unless the ideas were shit to start with, and then, I mean, you're doomed. (laughs) One of them came from NaNoWriMo, so... I did recall something that you'd come up with in the past, so... Technically, you've sh- you've been shitting up both of our brains. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> go me. <laughs> yeah, thanks a bunch, past Craig. What a dick. Indeed. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> For a start, he didn't invest in Bitcoin. Yeah, it's it, in the alternate reality. I'm sure there is a current Craig trying to figure out how to turn bitcoins into food with varying degrees of success. Ah, yes, that whole potato blockchain technology continues to evade us. Indeed. I'm not really sure where I'm going with this, but I am liking the idea of the potato blockchain. Probably slightly more if I really understood how blockchains worked. It's a coming thing. I'm I'm actually certain the technology is, except for the recent and absolutely wrong-headed app that decided to use a blockchain to record consent... Is there any chance that if I ask you to explain that, I'm not going to regret it? Almost. Absolutely none. Okay. Yeah. It's... it's, Moving along. Yep. But eventually they'll find a... It'll become a useful intrinsic technology of lots of things, I'm sure. Economics and sex, I'm feeling, might be something that's a misapplication. It's a solution in search of a problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As technology often is. Mm. <laughs> or a solution in search of people dumb enough to buy it. 
I did run into a thing at one point where somebody had figured out the scheme for encoding latitude and longitude into uh, IPv6 addresses. I couldn't really figure out why, other than they'd read a bunch of William Gibson and thought it was really neat. Ah, that's... That is so wrong. It it got even worse once you learned anything about the encoding system. Just... Yeah. yeah. It it worked brilliantly, provided you didn't live in the Arctic or Antarctic circles. (laughs) True. Then it failed. Oh, yeah. You just have to start assigning people entire ranges of IP addresses the closer they get to the poles, because, you know... (laughs) GPS only yeah. only has a certain amount of accuracy, especially when the maps implode. Little bit. Okay, so anyway, I um. So, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm presumably you you you, you don't have to bring that one. Presumably, it can only be used for terrestrial, obviously terrestrial, um, fixed points, which is cool. But if for any reason it 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 it's re- if it updates real time, what's the point? Because you won't be able to find the Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. It was that, oh, solution yeah. in search of a problem. Uh, yeah, it it was a thing. Anyway, so yep, yep. Cool, cool. moving right. moving on up. She'll. I mean, shall I go first? If you got an idea that you think merits going first, he says, baiting the trap with honeyed words and a bit of obviousness. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, getting. Getting the misdeeds of past Craig out of the way, the one time I successfully did NaNoWriMo, a national novel writing month, which is in fact international. Mm, which is confusing. Needs a name change. Indeed. And well done. Mm. I mean, I've never gone to that extent, so I've got to congratulate you for that much. Thank you. Um, it was a, a novel that was basically a series of linked short stories about space-going giant squid. And so when the day the squid said hello came up, it did remind me of that whole thing. So that's one mark against past Craig. The other mark against past Craig was a daft setting that we used to tell jokes about more than anything else while seated on the actual big red couches concerning the idea of space wolves and space hamsters. And I'd always liked the idea that out sort of cruising around the rings of Saturn were giant space squid. Hmm. But I think we've already used that somewhere in the 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 grand scheme of big red couch stuff. So Indeed, that our, also seemed a little bit Our canon, that being bullshit things we have said, is vast and weighty. Indeed. So I didn't really want to use that one. And so what I instead did was go and hit Wikipedia remind myself about squid and put together something that well effectively the day the squid said hello sounds to me almost like the start of a really the name of a really awful movie i can't tell whether it's more the day the earth stood still mm. or one of our dinosaurs is missing in terms of genre but that kind of that kind of of feel and well basically I was reminded of the existence of big fin squid, which are creepy alien-looking things, look a little bit like the aliens out of the movie Arrival, now that I think of it. Nobody's really gotten a good look at them, but they're as weird as hell, and they have elbows. 
Right. But this is to say that regular squid don't look alien. These are extra unfamiliar looking squids and therefore qualify as an extra an extra step. And, and sorry, this is this little tangent thing. I'm making I was making notes about the general topic and one of the things I you know, I was writing down is like what 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 is what is squidness? How do one define squidosity? One doesn't use that word for a start, but there you go. Um but you glad know, you got to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know obviously mysterious alien and, and and so forth, but also for some reason on my metric of malevolent critters, squid seem like at least a step higher than octopi. When you know functionally we're dealing with the same kind of thing. So uh, and you, octopi are smarter than squid, to my understanding. Which is probably really really should be a mark against them. Maybe it's the extra arms, like yeah. even more arms than an octopus. Maybe it's it's like it's even less like they don't even have radial symmetry or something in there. Or maybe it's the maybe it's the long the body gives it like a long head appearance and therefore more somehow classically evil. A floating brain with tentacles kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. big forehead villain. Little bit, yeah. Oh, this one doesn't have the squid as the villains. Well, what kind of struck me was that we use the word squid as singular and a plural. So the day the squid said hello could be one squid, or it could be a bunch of squid. And it kind of put me in the idea of, you know, a squid saying hello. That'd be a bit weird. How would that work? And thinking about it more and thinking about the the sort of the different... Because of the enormous pressure gradient across the ocean... I'm assuming that something like a big fin squid that exists in the the dark, cold places where there has never been any sunlight presumably couldn't survive on the surface. Not without equipment, per se. No. Hmm. And since I didn't 100% want to go sort of John Wyndham the Kraken wakes on it, I rather like the idea that you've got a... I mean, this would work as well for a movie as for an RPG, but... I'm seeing this as probably a a shortish, not a one-shot, but a sort of a, a short-run series of adventures wrapped around some sort of big disaster or event or possibly invasion that needs to be averted. Mm. And so what you've got is effectively the squid saying hello, and this could be to the case of you know, a bunch of tiny little vampire squid, because those things are adorable. Turn up and start spelling out messages in recognizable, if possibly poorly spelled English, where people can see them. And I, I liked the idea that these messages start with thing, you know, utterly alien things like the big fin squid that are being passed quite literally up through the layers of ocean and up through the layers of different squid-like entities until it gets to the surface to communicate to these weird creatures that exist in, from the squid's point of view, hard vacuum. Or, you know, basically the the very thin uh, intermediate zone between the real atmosphere and actual space. Mm. As far as they're concerned, you're you're, you're right. As far as they're concerned, there's nothing to it. So, Ah, true. So they they exist in this weird boundary layer Mm. and have occasionally been spotted roaming around or trying to roam around sort of dipping into the atmosphere Hmm. and so yeah i liked the idea that 
I couldn't decide whether to go with, yes, all squidder aliens or just big fin squidder aliens. But I rather like the idea that you've basically got the big fin squids, uh, the brains of the operation mm-hmm. in the squid world. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're the thinkers. They're the planners. Everyone else is kind of following along to a different degree. And they've become aware of something that the weird vacuum critters don't know about yet. But we're going to all need to work together to solve it. The, the, the yes, they've they've been. What's that line from War of the Worlds? Vast, cool intellects observing our our um our world. Oh yes, across immeasurable distance. Yes. Yes, I can't actually remember the line, but we know it. I, I've probably got the got the Jeff Wayne version stuck in my head rather than anything. Well, I do too. So thanks very much. Indeed. Actually, no, that, that, to be fair, that's that's pretty good songs in that one yeah no, yeah it's, it's solid and meaningful prog rock mm. pretty good yeah no no i'm 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 liking and enjoying this idea i had sort of similar kind of notion but very very thinly um i i literally wrote down a bunch of things that would have would have worked as our little boilerplate that we put at the top of the um show notes oh. uh, as teasers but didn't really have the ideas for them um, Ah. The, the the notion of the the little vampire squid they immediately I was trying to think of were they like arranging things to spell the letters out or was it the the, the image I had was a cuttlefish doing basically the YMCA dance to spell out things in front of someone nice floating in the like ocean. it yeah how how cute are we dealing with here mm. <laughs> I and mean, I can't I can't can't a hundred percent decide whether the threat. I mean, thematically, it would be entertaining if the threat was from either even further down, that you've got the big fin and squid communicating to these weird vacuum-dwelling primates that, no, the things that exist in the rock hmm. are coming. So you could potentially, you know, if you, if you wanted to go full-on the core on it, <laughs> then you can have the core, but with the aquatic bit of the ship as well. Right. I'm not taking this amazingly seriously, or possibly you do it the other direction, sort of take it from the point of view of, I guess, kind of the invasion equivalent of, was it Star Trek Four that had the whales? Five, I think. What was it? There was Space Pudding, uh, Khan, Han, Spock's dead, Spock's not dead. No, it could have been four, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was four. Yeah. Was was the whales and the time travel... And the transparent aluminium. All right, five was God. Looking for God, though. Mm. Yeah, I didn't see either of those very many times. The clips keep coming up, but indeed, yeah. So you've potentially got a. You know, I like. I like the idea of the. Yeah, the squid are trying to communicate. They're maybe not doing a very good job of it, partially because this message is being passed along a chain through. Yeah, you know, the the ultimate game of telephone or Chinese whispers, depending on which, I guess, which imperialist language group you grew up with. Um, yes. Hmm. So the the squid chain is not strong when it comes to accurately passing on information. Yeah, I mean that there was a one of the CJ Cherry science fiction series the Chenua cycle which from mm. memory had had the whole thing of the non-oxygen breathing aliens 
and there was a case where nobody could really understand what one of that group of aliens spoke as a language, but there was this other of that group of aliens that they could sort of vaguely understand, Mm. apart from the fact that it had seven brains, all of which talked simultaneously, so you were kind of trying to figure out what it was getting at from the translation. Giant game of intergalactic charades. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and the um, David Brin's Uplift series also had the hydrogen, I think the hydrogen breathers or something, being very, very inscrutable on 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 level. So we're dealing with something a little bit like that, which which makes sense. Hmm. The the idea that I and I like this idea even better because it actually has um, a bit more potential. But the idea of effectively an inverse bathosphere dragging its way out of the surf and sort of clumsily trying to jet and tentacle its way around and investigate this sort of weird, blazing hot, mm. atmosphereless world on the surface. You know, some you know, be very careful with some things and being just not realizing that other things are, you know, structures <laughs> or of any importance. Interesting. So it's basically a bunch of squid explorers from the depths coming up. Mm. Would you still go with the there's a big problem coming approach? It depends on the setting. If it was kind of a monster of the week kind of we deal with strange problems, this could be just an opening of another part of the world and they realise that, oh, bottom of the sea is a place too. Okay, maybe that'll come up later. So as part of maybe an introduction... But yes, or it could be a, it could easily be an escalation of the, the, the chain of first we're sending messages via intermediaries. Eventually the, 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 some of the, the, the big brain squids will make their way to the surface to try and try and make their case. Interesting. I've got sort of a, a halfway zone of an idea between the, between those two, that if you had... If you go with the idea that there is a threat coming from outside of the Earth, for whatever reason, these creatures at the bottom of the ocean know about it and humans don't. And so they've basically done the equivalent of equipping a spaceship and sending it out so that it's in a position to blow up the approaching whatever. Mm. So they climb into their spaceship, which in this case is this pressure vessel from the depths, come up and start assembling this weird machinery in the middle of... I don't know. I'm trying to think of where a really fun and annoying spot to have a bunch of squid who don't necessarily understand that these things scuttling around are people Mm. build their weird machinery. Yeah. It's the equivalent of people building an oil derrick somewhere inconvenient, and it's like... Or a rig, actually, because Derek's are land-based things. Any, uh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yes, yes, the environment, whatever, this is much more important. I mean, it's shades of the movie Battleship, weirdly enough, with the whole, okay, so we need to build some sort of transmitter. Let's, let's, let's co-op that thing. Except in this case, and I like the idea that they're not actually the bad guys, and that once you get past the, are these guys the bad guys? Oh, God. That's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And somehow figure out a way of communicate, of communications, 
you can have some fun with the humans and the squid working together once you've got past the monsters from the depth bit. Figuring out that yeah, it's clear they're not on a rampage. They're on a something page, though. Hmm. They're building stuff. Yeah, which is novel. I think one of the the inciting incident for the squid could be some sort of um, something like neutrino activity, something that you know could be streaking mm. streaking through the earth undetected, unless you're sitting at the bottom of the ocean going, yeah, wait a minute, <laughs> the, the 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 amount of the amount of weakly interacting particles that we've been keeping an eye on for a really long time because we don't get a lot of photons, guys. <laughs> Mm. has has you know like the way that they find a salt mine or something put gigantic tanks and put like two t- teaspoons of detergent in it and then watch very carefully when things when things get interacted with they can just do that normally and it's not so much that you know there's a there's, a, there's been like it's it's that they've been watching this very consistently over a relatively long time because it's basically a version of their weather and the last time that the the an increase in pat and the same pattern was the last time that you know the atmosphere caught fire and things were really really concerning for a while and they they feel ambivalent about the creatures that live on the surface occasionally drop stuff on them sometimes it's you know tasty whales or sometimes you know ships or so forth and some of it's you know interesting and glows and very and they can tinker with it but mm. they feel somehow responsible because they they're aware of this um this possible calamity so yeah they've been, and they've been they've been looking at the the space weather in a way that's actually easier for them than it would be for i i am imagining the sort of squid equivalent of a bunch of of scientists sitting around arguing look they're much closer to it they must have noticed how could they not have noticed wait a minute they're bathed in photons the entire time Oh, they'll never see it! Oh my god! Yes, indeed. So they, 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 yeah, and you know, last time everything was really quite quite inconvenient for a while, and you know, ash floated down from the surface for basically forever. Yeah, and they're sort of going, okay. Clearly, they don't know what's going on. It would it would be a lot of work to explain it to them. Let's just go up there, sort it out, and you know, and we can we can and we're, we're and we're, we're good. And there's some sort of terrible thing, chomping its way towards towards Earth. But you know. Provided that the PCs in the game are working for a organization interested in constructive solutions, and I'm rewatching an anime with D at the moment called Re uh, Colon Creators, um, in which the the central shtick is that someone has found a way to break fictional characters out of their worlds to bring them to the world of the, the, the artist which created them to destabilize it and probably destroy everything. Huh. And they've met several of these people and some of them have been convinced by the the antagonist, the villain of the piece, that this they're doing it for, that they're doing this thing for a good reason. Some of them have decided this is either obviously a put on or they're not they're, they're they're too much of a badass or something to to be convinced by this sort of this sort of talk, or they're a giggling psychopath and just want to see the world burning <laughs> and just capering around anyway. So those factions have dropped out, uh, but suddenly the government gets involved and really suddenly it's like they haven't really been involved. I mean, there've been people flying around in the sky, but nothing's come, nothing's come of it. And suddenly they 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 turn up very conclusively, but also with a very um. 
we have a stake in this too, along with the rest of our citizens. How do we fix this problem? And it's hmm. it's interestingly constructive and quite there. There is a super bureaucrat leading them and organizing everything, but they're really really focused on this stuff is not what we normally deal with. Let's deal with the people who seem to have a clue what's going on. So, nice. so if the organization takes that sort of approach, maybe it is like, okay, rather than going spare and, you know, just bombing the squids, let's see if we can't first contact this to the point we find out why they are building something which clearly seems to be pointed at space. Because maybe they know something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, if I was doing this as a kind of science pulpy yeah science pulp 50s sf kind of thing and was aiming for a one shot or at least a very short game i'd probably do the group of scientists on a poorly defined scientific expedition are there when the squid come ashore at an island that they'd assumed was uninhabited turns out it isn't hilarity ensues hmm yeah that could that could give it a bit more a bit more isolation, a bit more, you know, less interference from the authorities kind of feel, which would be good. And I also like the idea that a, a big fin squid excursion suit is effectively just a 30-foot transparent sphere of water that rolls across the terrain with no obvious sign of motive power. Mm. Yes, maybe they're just that good at dealing with, with water. And and, mm. all, and it's not just it's not just a sphere of water. It's a sphere of many tons of water because it is at their native pressure. Yes, it is. A, it is a sphere of extraordinarily pressurized water, and that's quite tricky to do. Yes, especially especially if it seems like just like a bubble. It, it is invisible. Mm. Okay. I mean, it would also be quite fun if you know, Again, if you were going with the very the, the short term. Yeah, the short game in isolated circumstance kind of story, then doing it in a way where the squid think they've got everything under control, they know what they're doing, oh shit, we need to get at a bunch of stuff that's up that cliff, we can't actually get up there, but those humans who have been shooing away can. Hmm. Nice. It's kind of, it is kind of an... an inverted war of the worlds it's like collaboration of the worlds which is nice a much less punchy title to be fair <laughs> yeah cooperation of the worlds equally should probably be kicked out by the design committee indeed indeed but then again go re- retooling a bunch of other things like star cooperations <laughs> star alliances <laughs> Yes, other other going through other media franchises and giving them yeah giving them slightly more peaceful sounding names. The empire comes to a amicable resolution. Yeah. It, it doesn't the workers mean... collective strikes back. It's going a bit more left, but I like it. Um, yeah, that's 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 spinning around a political ideology. But the idea of the the idea of making everything sound peaceful and you know amicable and you know cooperative sounds would be would be funny i think um aside from that being amusing to some degree yeah the the idea that they that the struggle is to work out how to resolve problems between them and 
Is there a game system that focuses on that? I am wondering whether in the vast panoply of Apocalypse World hacks, it would surprise me if somebody hadn't done something that focused in even more on the relationship-relationship tension chunk or component of Apocalypse World. I'm not sure... I mean, it's not impossible, but a lot of the, the the apocalypse, the ethos, is that stuff costs. Things have prices and consequences. Even mm, if you, point. yeah, even if you are the 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 ultimate badass, or a um, a Russian flying ace, or a teen superhero, or something, there is always this this kind of knockback yeah. thing. So, you if you could do that, but it would be kind of like. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit, does yeah. it? You need something that's more... If It would be, if you wanted to succeed at cooperating at horrible costs, it's like, okay, I have learned seven syllables of the alien language and only had to breathe, breathe methane for a couple of hours, kind of thing. From that point of view, have you seen the movie Arrival? No. I will stop there. I did kind of get horribly spoiled at some point, but yeah, I, I, I should do it some at some stage. Hmm. Because, yes, I am noticing an alarming number of parallels in what we're talking about here and that movie. It's basically the tentacles. There are a lot of tentacles involved. Um, so, yeah, I think we've kicked that one. Yeah, more and more I am liking the idea of humans happened to be there at precisely the wrong moment when a big fin squid expedition comes up to solve this problem, intending to do it in a way so that nobody on the surface ever knew they were there... And so you can have the fun moments of, well, this is awkward. <laughs> but if, if that's not the case, then I really like the the sort of agency that is about solving problems, not just nuking them until they sink back to the depths from which they came. And the the message passing between various sorts of squids and, and that kind of thing. I think th- those are the two bits that appeal to me from that one. But mm. system-wise... System-wise for the communication one, I'm I'm sure there's something out there and hopefully somebody from the audience can make a suggestion. It would probably actually come off something that's a bit more sort of social dynamic, court intrigue, moving social spaces around kind of thing. I mean, you mm. could, you could uh, in the old-fashioned way, you could fudge it with skill roles, but the idea would, I think, maybe fate tooled up specifically for that purpose would be a would be the appropriate thing so you have people saying right it's like my character is especially determined to learn and, and uh, determined to learn this and i'm good with languages so this is what we'll do it's like aha so right we understand we have moved the customs forward a bit but at the at possibly at the consequence of this this person being being more alien to his colleagues or something like that so there is you can add aspects mm. and change things around in that sort of way um i've yet to see possibly because it, it would really benefit from expressing things diagrammatically because it doesn't work as well like just saying okay my relationship with the squid engineers is now seven but my relationship with the squid hierarchy you know, leaders is now four that doesn't work as well there was the there was the game, fate-based game, 
diaspora mm. or diaspora, depending on pronunciation. Yeah, which did have a bunch of stuff to do with social combat, which did get treated schematically, if not geographically. Mm. Yeah, in that you were literally moving people to different. At least in theory, you were moving people to different opinion spaces. Yeah. And that overlaid with kind of like, okay, how do we solve the problem of? And, mm. yeah, so you go, okay, we reckon we've got the solution, but we need this person to help us achieve it or to, to finalise it. And that might be the kind of thing you... That might be the kind of thing you're trying to do, to get that sort of... Um, again, that sort of collaboration with around obstacles. Yeah, it could be that could be interesting. Don't know how compelling it is. It would it would be for a lot of people as a role playing game, but I've heard of Stranger Things. There is a um, it's on Netflix. Okay, um, there is a there is a LARP slash role playing game which I forget the name of, but it is based on a deaf. A deaf children's orphanage somewhere in in South America, where they were basically obliged to invent their own sign language because they were basically being housed and there was no education or or involvement with you know international sign language or anything going on. And the the playing the game is literally you cannot speak. You have to sign everything, and you have to come up with a way to agree what a sign for something is. Yeah, interesting. That that is a pretty weird one. Um, that is that's kind of it's a little bit out there. It sounds quite beyond immersive, almost, but challenging and yeah. possibly after a while harrowing. Uh, um, apparently, it's it when when you know it, it it kind of obliges people to come together and, and cooperate. And if that if they accomplish it, it would probably I would anticipate it's a really good feeling of working together and actually being able to communicate. I mean, then and it kind of goes through. Little, sequ- little sequences where you establish how to how your group does that, and you make your own sign language as, as in your group. It's pretty much that's a that's a pretty interesting outcome for anything. Fun to try. This this that's too far for what we're dealing with here, but something with a bit more something with that kind of possibly. Um, I did have a thought while when you when you were mentioning the whole would that be compelling enough? That I was reminded of the movie. Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. where we get to see Tom Cruise die, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Enormous number of times. Yep. I'm not saying that's the only reason to watch the film, because <laughs> it's actually a pretty good film, but, but if you're not a Tom Cruise fan, but you are looking for an excuse to watch this film, you do get to see him die a lot. And sometimes so, they, are, they are impressively ignominious Deaths. Oh yeah, some of them have have no dignity to them and quite a bit of humour. Um, it, it's quite a good film. But in any case, um, a chunk of the the sort of the the background of the problem there uh, for for the characters in that film is that nobody believes them, and so nobody's going to help them. So it occurred to me that if you've got this whole thing of you are effectively moving people. Some of those people have more arms than others mm-hmm. around in a social map. You've also got the circumstance of, well, we really need to get 
the general in charge of this thing to not be such a colossal douchebag all the time uh, because we need him to do this thing. And maybe you can do it socially. Or maybe that's a circumstance where you just get together, distract him, and then go into his office and fake the orders. Hmm. You sort of get get it so that it's not solely the social manipulation, language manipulation game, that sometimes it's just the out and out, okay, let's just go in there and nick it game. Yeah, if the system is robust enough to support that, that would make, yeah, that would make perfect sense. That Another plan? Yeah. If you will sit yourself up in the middle of an air show, I'm sorry, I've got no sympathy. <laughs> It does sound like that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you're you're right, right, right beside the airfield in that steep-walled, wooded valley that you live in. <laughs> it's hardly steep-walled or wooded, but it, it's steeper-walled than many airports. Yeah, that, practically that, all of them, I would say, uh, all except the exciting ones. Um, yeah. I just think we're right in the path, and just just. They zoom over and soak up all of the uh, lovely engine noise. Um, yeah, I, I figure that if you... It depends on the focus. If it was entirely kind of a... Almost like a Regency ballroom kind of moving pieces around a, a, a ideological kind of space. But it might be fine it feel a little restrictive when you could just say, ha we do we do the piece of action that, that would short circuit this. Um so you're yeah, having a bit a bit broader th- thing. But it's possible that making these those out those outcomes kind of the targets, um I'm for some reason thinking of like having making it sort of like a flashcard kind of thing where you have a piece of you you've got a you've got some a goal that you need to get and you need to fill in effectively the translation on the other side that bridges that that challenge the compo- the other component you need and you could either use your social engineering or your or your subterfuge or or your you know half inching of the piece of kit that you need to satisfy that and you have maybe huh. a range of kind of challenges where you're moving moving you're maneuvering pieces into place to do that. Yeah, that that needs a whole lot more thinking about. And but an interesting idea. I mean, it is the idea was already kind of bridging the gap between RPG and something else. That just takes it even further. Hmm. But it's kind of fun. Hmm. Yeah, like David probably needs a bit a bunch of consideration. Well, I had an idea that crosses over at several points, but is destined to turn out way less intellectual. Well, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I personally feel that the Big Red Couch has gotten really highbrow recently, and we need to sort of tack back in the other direction. I nearly nailed that, damn it. <laughs> um, actually, just, just just to make sure that you, you understand the weight of your crimes and how far you've got away from our spiritual roots, the thing that I came up with that from 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 conversations we've had way in the past that's related is none other than Squid Boy and Inky. Oh, Squid Boy and Inky! And c- correct me as I get this wrong, but as I understand it, they were a superhero duo which comprised of a young boy in a costume 
with no apparent abilities and a pretty special squid. Yes, it was... I can't remember whether it was come up with for a Kerberos Club game or whether the idea was floating around already and then the Kerberos Club kind of showed itself to be a possible option. It latched onto it. Yeah, I think it's actually older than that. I mean, it's it's a little bit like the... Um, a little bit like the ideas that you know you come up with looking at uh, superhero games, like ha, I have speak to fish, but not breathing underwater. I am talk to lungfish, lad. <laughs> yes, I am the snorkeler. <laughs> Darn. Yes, the the idea behind Squid Boy and Inky was, oh, effectively Tarzan. Yeah. Except, yeah, you've got young boy who is sole survivor of. A shipwreck somewhere in the... Yeah, probably in the Pacific, just because it's easier. Survives the shipwreck and is taken in and raised by a group of intelligent amphibious squid. The amphibious part is important. (laughs) Indeed. Years later, he is rescued and taken back to society. So very much Greystoke discovers that society is actually a bit of a cesspit and enlists the help of his boyhood chum, Inky, to help him put the city right. And so Mm. you've got Squid Boy, who doesn't have any special powers, but he's probably in really good physical condition. So your your fairly standard superhero-verse, top physical condition kind of person. Your pulp athlete polymath kind of character yeah i mean if we're going with the avengers versus somebody at the hawkeye black widow scale where they're about as good as a person can get but they're not supernaturally anything mm-hmm. and then you've got inky who is a human-sized human intelligence amphibious squid who can maybe pass for a human if he drapes himself in a trench coat and puts a hat on pulled down low. Maybe. Oh, and tucks his tentacles in. They fight crime! Yes. We did then... I know when we were trying to figure out stuff for the Kerberos Club, we did come up with the idea that you could actually play them as one character. The rules did, at least within the Fate version, did let you do that. Hmm. And... The idea that you'd have a amphibious squid as a member of the club, possibly masquerading as uh, the ambassador from the Pelagic Realms. Just because it would be quite funny to have the circumstance where the Queen's messenger arrives because something involving the Kingdom of Atlantis has turned up and they need their ambassador. And then you've got this squid in a top hat and a very complicated dinner jacket attempting to hide behind a card table because he's just been sprung. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe he is in fact the ambassador for the Pelagic Realms but it interferes with his true calling of fighting crime I hadn't thought of that one we just thought of it as this was the excuse that was given because what are you talking about this squid is a diplomat of course you must let him into your club yep yes. what do you mean you're not going to allow the ambassador to dine at your hotel do you have no idea of the diplomatic insult that will be delivered if you don't do this? Fetch your finest mackerel. Um, <laughs> and then it comes back to bite them in the tentacles because 
It is the role of every GM to drop a rabid badger in the players' laps whenever possible. <laughs> Make their lives interesting, I believe is the phrase. But I may have misunderstood. Also, does anybody know how you get rid of a badger? <laughs> it's looking at me. <laughs> so yes, that, that was Squid Boy and Inky. Yep, and so, consequently, the thing it made me think of was that, obviously, the day the squid said hello was the origin story. Which could uh-huh. work. Yeah. It's less of a game, more of a backstory kind of idea. But, you know, it could be a little bit of a lone wolf one-on-one session as the player role-plays the, the, the fateful day where they where, where the two the dynamic duo meet. Yes. So that that was that's so that's the uh, like I say, that's the depth of your crimes against um, squidosity. Work that in. Wow, I, I was thinking you'd come up with something way worse. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is as bad as it gets. Fair enough. Um, the the idea I actually settled on that wasn't just nicking your old um, discards was more of a pulp sci-fi action thing, you know. Brave men and women braving space, possibly in a relative, like in likely a relatively desperate situation, some sort of resource conflict over a planet. It's in a, it's inhospitable, and they're trying picking over sort of like old ruins or abandoned bases or something, and they run into a, a small squad runs into a squad of their fierce enemies, these squids, which at this point I guess we'd probably go with the, the humaniform possibly mind flayer looking sort of thing but they are functionally just another culture that has space travel and so forth and ray guns and they're battling furiously in a relatively isolated hostile environment attempting to you know gain the upper hand for their for their their, their culture other than you know the fact that they have ray guns and they're not very happy with humans in general not much is known about them Except in this isolated circumstance, because normally you, when in conflict in this in this in this setting, you're chucking electronic junk at one another over you know, vast distances and so forth. Not much, and and not much of actual contact has been happened has has happened between them. When in trapped in this desperate situation, they fall into an enemy mine kind of setting, and discover that they have a language in common. Which is about Ooh. as unlikely a thing as is, you know, is possible. It's like, it's the squids, the squid says, <laughs> the, the idea is like, someone says, hello? And it's like, aha, it speaks English. It must be, holy crap. How do you know English? How do you know squid? What? What do you... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, something is up. <laughs> and the idea of running a scenario where they... In this isolated situation, they feel that they have to piece together the reason that they have this completely unexpected commonality in their cultures, and what that has to do with the horrible war that they've been fighting. Nice. I mean, call back to enemy mine alone, but also nice. Mm. Yep. Blanking on why the they were antag- they were antagonists and enemy mine or why they could speak except maybe there was a 70s science fiction thing and people didn't generally put that kind of anthropological stuff out in, in movies but from memory in enemy mine it started out that the two didn't 
share any language whatsoever. Ah, right, right. But the eight Drax, I'm thinking? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah, it starts off with the alien learning English, mm-hmm. though the human picks up the occasional word of the alien language, and then you get this kind of relationship-building or relationship-defining moment between them where the other one, the alien, agrees to teach the human the Drax language, which I think comes back when the human gets rescued and he's delirious and he's muttering and this kind of thing of, holy shit, he's speaking Drax. Mm. It was, yes, not a bad film. Mm, mm, Clearly I remember more of it than I thought I did. I remember so little, I'm wondering if I've actually seen it, except in passing and clips and, and, and things and so forth. Discussion. It, it's a known entity, but yeah. But the mm. yeah, the idea that of trapping them in this circumstance and then going, hey, <laughs> check it out. You guys got more in common than you thought. And the, letting the mystery unravel at that point. I haven't decided what the, the answer to the mystery is, but that is oh, interesting. That was going to be my question of yeah, would yeah. you... Would you already have decided what that mystery is, or would you use either an existing game that has that kind of mechanic or introduce it so that effectively the players are deciding what the solution to that mystery is? It it would depend on your feelings about such things and how good an explanation you have. I, it's, it, those are two valid approaches. I feel, and if you if you feel that your your idea for the backstory and reasons kicks ass, go for it. Uh, mm. If you want to play to find out because you're keen on that sort of thing, equally valid. Well, can we breaking the thing down into the boring and logical thing? If they're speaking modern day English, that means whatever event occurred to share the language happened within about the last 300 years, because further back than that, and it's not... You wouldn't make the mistake of thinking they are speaking the exact same language as me. Hmm. There's a bunch of words that wouldn't exist and a bunch of words that don't exist anymore. So that already gives you kind of an interesting timeline of something happened in the last couple of hundred years to make this happen. Or did it? Yes. If it is that sort of... Holy crap, we are speaking one another's contemporary language and allegedly we have had no contact. What is going on here? Hmm. It does sound like a a very heavy top-down conspiracy to have... Well, we kind of need a war. We kind of need to, uh, uh, to, to inspire people to go and explore and take resources and have a... a Real, motiva- real motivating factor to fall in line and, and, you know, conform to this this desperate circumstance that we're in. And, you know, we don't really care that much about our citizens' well-being, so, hey, have it. <laughs> I mean, I thought of a creepy-ass version of it that's somewhat based on the movie Moon. Mm-hmm. Well, you've potentially got... I'm not sure how it would play out in-game, and I suspect the players would hate you for it, <laughs> but you could have the circumstance where, oh yeah, all of that human history. Yeah, we implanted that really well, didn't we? That what you've effectively got is two different batches of genetically engineered conqueror races mm. that 
the same pack of space assholes have sent out in different directions and had absolutely no intention of these two ever looping around and running into each other. Or a vast degree of ambivalence whether they started killing one another at the borders or not, provided that they were at least fanning out generally in a direction. And, you know, mm. and, you know they're, they're, they're both generalists, but they've both got their own kind of strengths and so forth. And, you know, maybe they, a little bit of, a little bit of uh, fail-forward test cycling happening in the middle... You know, not a bad thing. You can do a little bit of... Since since you get both the si- results from both sides, because you're running everything behind the scenes, you go, oh, yeah, that seems to work. Hmm. Of course, you've got to then hope, or I'd hope as a player, that there's going to be a scene where the combined fleet of both sides turns up and kicks the mortal shit out of the guys who did it. Yeah, I, I, I assume that there is a science fiction story where... The, the enlightened galactic empire rolls up Earth says, Hey guys, you want to join the club? And humanity goes, There's some pretty shiny spaceships you got there. We're, we're interested. What, what, what's the, what's the, what are the terms? Ah, uh, basically you're back of violent assholes. We're going to have you fight all our wars for a while. And it's like, what if we say things start glowing and humming? Okay. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this wasn't the, you have the option of saying no sort of question, <laughs> was it? Our mistake, never mind. <laughs> well, you could say no, but then you disappear in a glittery cloud. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that probably exists. These days it's probably horrifyingly problematic on a bunch of levels, or really interesting. I, or both. First one, then the other, the I other. think. Yeah. <laughs> But yes. I mean, it's got shades of yet another Tom Cruise science fiction movie. Yeah? Oblivion. Uh, I'd not seen that one at all, and literally no one talks about it, so that's aside from yourself. Um. <laughs> Fair enough. I may be the only person who's seen it, I don't know. Uh, I only really heard about it because a composer I like did a chunk of the soundtrack. So. Oh, it, it definitely existed for a while, and I remember or- some... Did it? Oh, did it? Okay. Sorry, I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't really make much of an impact um, one way, even even as bad. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. So the critics gave it a resounding meh. <laughs> Was film about this long? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Special effects. Aren't they nice? Look, they had a they, they drones and stuff. I think it might have been one of the vaguely remarkable things about it. It's like, ooh. There were some drones. There was an interesting flying uh, flying vehicle. There was a folding motorbike, which I thought was quite good. Hmm. Speaking as, as a current rail commuter, um, the idea of a folding motorbike has a certain appeal. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would be intrigued to see if there was a good... Humans get drafted as foot soldiers for intergalactic war, punch above their weight, kind of go humanity kind of story that would be that would be um that would be interesting Mm. it's probably been a doctor who thing to be honest it's kind of probably there's been semi implications that the the great and glorious human empire has been one of the worst things to happen to the local uh galaxy at various times though they've never really been specific about that sometimes good sometimes bad seems to be the vibe there was There was the episode from a few seasons back with the humans versus some sort of fish alien in a bitter 
generations-long battle that both was and wasn't. I don't know that I can say any more because, yeah, spoilers. It was a Matt Smith one? Uh, David Tennant, I believe. It was David Tennant and uh, Freema Argument. Okay. So, season three of New Who? New Who. Yeah. Sometime in 2008, to the guess? Yikes. That is going uh, a while back. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So, yes, that would be... (laughs) That would be one solution to it that the... um, both sides are being solidly played and either it, it resolves tragically to the benefit of the um, the terrible puppet masters or everyone arrives to the same conclusion that they need their asses kicked. And both could be interesting stories if one being a little bit more um, uplifting than the other. Goes and puts their stomping boots on and and, and gets kicking. I mean, what gets particularly entertaining if you if you sort of run the theory out far enough... Well, entertaining from my very specific point of view is that if they're definitely speaking recognisable contemporary English and this is the language that the other guys use, then presumably the English language is the one that's going to be shared amongst everything, which means they implanted all the other ones. Whoever these aliens are, they invented France... We might want to assume that the the galactic common is maybe a little less sort of cross channel okay. and mostly based, but yeah. <laughs> um, when, I, when I say when I say in English, I mean yes, you speak this language, I do, and they say no, you don't. You speak the language, I do, but it could yes. Okay, galact- yeah, galactic common does solve that problem because otherwise it's just okay. So whoever these guys are, they are. They have the ability to generate an entire race, to generate an entire back history, and then to generate a bunch of languages that never get used just to add verisimilitude. Why would you invent Icelandic? For any reason. I'm not sure that, given that the world has courses in Klingon and Dothraki and... Things like that. I'm not sure that this is making a case that humans aren't responsible for the dickery, but fair enough. That that's fair. Yeah, I was. I've watched a lot of Doctor Who recently. Yep, and even more Eureka. Uh-huh. So my mind is going more than usual towards the what is the most unlikely pseudo logical. Um, consequence of this thing there is there is no such thing as too needlessly complicated scientific dickery that's fair yep cool cool alrighty so those are all facsimiles of ideas that we had for <laughs> the day the squid said hello idea adjacent concepts <laughs> indeed ideation but possibly not ideas I think those were pretty solid ideas. I mean, there is... I hadn't thought about it that way at the time, but as the the kind of science pulp game, my one I would like to play, wouldn't mind running, but would definitely like to play, and as the sort of space action adventure mystery one, I do like the idea of yours, of the two sides meeting on some deserted asteroid and then getting very confused. 
suddenly having existential crisis with lasers. I guess lasers and feelings would probably be a, a really good system for that one. So, I've never. What is is it based on a thing or is it? It's based on a single page of paper. You can either use roll lasers or feelings, depending on the situation. Ah, it is. It is a very very concise micro game to play Star Trek style, especially classic Star Trek style things. Duo stat systems. Yes. Nice. And it would probably work for the circumstance and eliminate the need to get really complicated shady shit going on about comparing what your your your, your squid posse and your human posse can do. So lasers, mm. feelings. Sorted. Yes, I was wondering whether you needed to turn it into something that was a bit more squid based, but then I got to tentacles and feelings, which sounds like a completely different sort of game that I'm not actually that interested in playing in, running, learning about, or being aware of the existence of. As a wise man once said, I've seen enough hentai to know where this is going. Thank you, Ben. (laughs) It is entirely possible that I will not be able to not think of that phrase at work at some point. So thank you straight to hell. Um, The wise and not very... um refined person who said that was uh, apparently used it at work while somebody was trying to untangle cables in a conference room. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, that's awesome. (coughs) Yeah. (coughs) Right. Right, I think so. We've, We've plowed the good ship squidosity into the shoals of horrifying meme abuse so i think our job here is done yes yes audience you could take it from here though we'd rather you just took it away take it far away from us (laughs) find a quarry somewhere and put it out of its misery unmarked grave midnight it's the only decent thing under the circumstances and it's what these ideas would have wanted indeed Merciful release. Alright. Well, thank you, everyone, for... I know, actually, I presume everyone's actually just turned off now. I think we're good. Um, we should just end, right. <laughs> end the show. Is <laughs> <laughs> any brave souls still left or you're stuck, you know, mid-commute? I'm sorry. And we'll probably not see you Both next for week. the content and for the traffic. <laughs> and, and I can see pe- people swatting at their phone. <laughs> Desperately trying to stop us from talking at them. Ah, well. Take care, and uh, we'll. I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. Have a good one, audience. Bye-bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.